Well, thank you for joining. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude, I, I listened to a bunch of the episodes and I was like, man, this is this is a good show. I, I listened to about five of them and I, I hope to get to all of them because uh, you've got some really great players on here. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, still kind of starting it. I'm just hoping we, you know, get some traction yeah. and uh, yeah, keep it going. But um, I, again, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, I came across because... Um, Typically, like when I post videos and someone like likes my videos, I go and check them out just to find like new bass players to talk to. Yeah. And I was just blown away by like your covers, dude. And they're just so good. It's it's awesome. Well, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, I think Instagram, it's you know, it can be a pain, but it's so great for just finding new players. You know, I all the time I'm just on hashtag bass guitar. <laughs> you know and yeah. i just go scrolling and i'm it's amazing the people that you find dude it's, it's endless talent yeah absolutely um so the first way i start all my interviews is uh want to know when did you know music was going to be a part of your life uh man i i think it was early on uh my parents aren't musicians but they are very musical uh they uh so it was i grew up my parents were huge grateful dead fans so I, I definitely grew up with some uh, some early funk influences and also a little bit of that, you know, hippie, psychedelic music, Pink Floyd for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was like Kiss FM was our, our local radio station that played the 70s, 80s funk hits, <laughs> Earth, Wind & Fire and the Commodores. And, and that that hit me young. Uh, and then I, I studied African music when I was young, too. There was a in the Bay Area, there's a ton of. Uh, of djembe players and dunan players as west african music from guinea uh and for some reason i super connected with that at a young age and so that yeah, was like five years old playing with a bunch of uh Ghanaians. so it made us no nobody gets that experience you know <laughs> yeah for sure what, what like brought you to like loving like the djembe so much i think it was uh i had a music teacher named pete santucci uh, and he is uh, just, you know, the elementary school music teacher. And he had uh, he had studied djembe for a long time. And uh, I think it was North Carolina. And he like Famadou was over there and he was a, a very famous djembe player uh, and studied with him and then brought that to young kids, you know, bought a ton of small djembes. And, <laughs> you know, was in kindergarten classes, I was, you know, really connected with that music. And it's so rhythmic, yeah. you know. I think uh, someone has, I read somewhere that uh, the bass is just drums with strings, you know, and I've always resonated with that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can see that. Um, I think it's crazy. Like, I was also like really influenced by my music teacher in elementary. Like his dad was in a jazz band in like New Orleans. And so he brought like, that kind of jazz to school and you know as kindergartners just like listening to jazz and and choir and stuff which is really cool and i think like so you know like music elementary music school teachers are super underrated like they could really just carve the path for someone's like musical journey um it's if you crazy. got like a good one yeah it's crazy i didn't realize until later how crucial that that is just music education in general 
it says there's so many great musicians who start from just a, a touch of inspiration when they're you know five or six years old it's unbelievable yeah for sure man um so after the djembe uh what was kind of your musical journey from there uh, after the djembe, and I still play djembe a lot, you know, I, I haven't gotten to play too much in LA, but, uh, uh, yeah, I have a, a group of guys that I play with every Sunday when I'm back in the Bay area and, uh, it's great. You know, uh, there are just so many, uh, so many great players around here, but, uh, it was in, uh, middle school where I started to play with the drum kit a little bit. And there were some bands that I, you know, started to hang out with and, you know, played some some drum kit gigs. And then I found the bass completely by accident. Uh, my older brother's a guitar player and he's he's killing. And uh, there's always a little bit of uh, a little bit of competition, mm-hmm. you know, like I was a drummer and he was a guitarist. And uh, and then one day and I always kind of wanted to play guitar, you know, the lead yeah. thing is cool. But uh, I. Uh, accidentally was placed in a uh, a beginning guitar class in high school my freshman year i signed up for photography <laughs> and the class was full and so i got beginning guitar and uh i said well you know i can't play guitar because you know that that slot is taken yeah <laughs> but the bass is cool you know i i saw someone i think it was you know davy 504 of course yeah years ago this is before he spoke <laughs> on youtube you know and i i saw some video it was a flea cover and i was like i that was my introduction to slap bass because i knew the sound but i didn't know what that was yeah and that was like yeah done <laughs> so i i showed up first day of high school and i went to the music teacher i was like can i just play bass and he <laughs> he's a bass player and he was like yes finally <laughs> so i was like the only bassist in high school and that that's so cool do you remember like uh kind of like the first things they were teaching you when you were learning bass oh yeah i mean there are so many great lines uh my teacher chip boaz is uh he was my high school music teacher and he was really into latin jazz that was his main thing so right off the bat you know i was learning song from my father <laughs> you know doom, 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 you know just yeah. easy simple bass lines but those are so grounding and it's just the definition of the bass guitar. So it was those super, you know, beginner, easy Latin lines that just really connected with me early on. Nice. And, um, was, so was the music that like your parents were listening to, uh, like influential to like the stuff that you were learning when you first started playing bass. Definitely. I remember, uh, I think the first song I learned was brick house. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, and that is still like the greatest baseline ever to me. It's, it's it's simple, but it grooves like nothing. And uh yeah, so I mean, but that was, you know, straight off of Kiss FM. That was like their main <laughs> song that they were pushing all the time. Uh So definitely it, it came back hardcore. Nice. Um When did so when did you start uh like jamming with bands as a bass player? Uh That was, you know, early high school. uh and it's so great. High school is such a, a good time to, to start bands because there's no pressure. Yeah. You know, it's just you just find people and you're jamming, you know, and it doesn't matter. And that is so great uh, as a beginner. You know, Victor Wooten always says, you know, uh, it's music is a language. And how are you supposed to learn if, if you just jam with other beginners? You know, Absolutely. yeah, for like sure. If, if you're just surrounding yourself with people who are just starting, you're never going to get anywhere. 
you know, you need to, to jam with experts, you know? And, uh, and so I did, I, I found a lot of people who are a lot better than me <laughs> and that puts on the pressure, but it's so helpful, you know, to find someone who's been playing for five or 10 years when you're, you know, a freshman, you've been playing for six months, yeah. you know, and you saw all of a sudden you're sitting next to this dude and he's ripping. You're like, okay, you know, <laughs> the pressure's on. I love that stuff. Yeah, man. Um, so how are you like practicing? Were you using like YouTube or tabs or just kind of winging it? I was totally self-taught a hundred percent. Uh, it was all YouTube and, and that kind of thing. And I, I really, I didn't know that I wanted to be a bass player forever at the time. Mm -hmm. So I took a lot of shortcuts. Yeah. You know, I was just like, how fast can I go? How many licks can I do right now? You know, and that was how I played for years was just like, okay, how fast and, and how many pentatonic minor fills can I do? <laughs> uh, and then when I got to music school, they're like, oh, dude, you're way <laughs> behind. And I was like, oh, man. So. Now, now I'm catching back up. I'm doing my, my arpeggios and my major scale, you know, but, um, it's, it's, it's amazing what, uh, what playing with those, you know, young bands can do and, and just playing with people. It's, it's incredible. Do you remember any of those like first songs y'all were jamming together? Oh man. I remember we did, uh, we did a lot of Pink Floyd. We did money a lot, <laughs> you know? Cause that's yeah. the one where everyone feels like they're on their toes, you know, cause it's in seven, you know, yeah. so everyone's feeling, oh, we're playing in seven right now. <laughs> you know, it's a little show off song and it's the basis forefront. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I grew up to listening to Pink Floyd because of my dad. And like, I remember just being a kid and watching the wall, um, oh, just a, like his, he had it on DVD and we're just watching that live performance. It's, it's so crazy, and Roger Waters, uh, Roger Waters is amazing. I saw on your Instagram that he had went to to Roger Waters concert. That show was crazy. <laughs> Halfway through the show, all of a sudden, these screens come down, and they start projecting, you know, the building from animals that yeah. Battersea Power Station. The smoke starts pouring out. I was just sitting there with my dad, like, "Oh my god, it's crazy." Yeah. Uh, uh, that's so crazy, man. Like we actually saw that of like a live video of that concert, yeah. like that they played in theaters. Uh, we went and we saw that and right. it, I remember they did the video version, right? I meant to see that cause that show was, it's worth seeing even on a screen. Yeah. It, I, I think it's fully still like captured. Absolutely. The essence, you know, they're, they're great. Um, Cool. So after you were jamming, like, I guess, when did you know that bass is something that you wanted to take a little more serious? I think when I was really considering colleges and, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, and I just kind of was like, well, I really have fallen in love with the bass. You know, this is really, you know, it kind of started out as well, you know, photography or bass, I guess <laughs> I'll choose bass and maybe learn a couple slap lines. Uh, and then it just, you know, I found so many great bass players and great music and I just started to dive in. Uh, and now I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm never <laughs> quitting. And uh, it's good. So, yeah, I think, you know, junior year or something like that, it was just, it hit me and I was like, this is it. You know, bass player for life. <laughs> Hell yeah. And this time that you're playing bass, are you still like playing drums? I've seen some of your drum videos and like you're a phenomenal drummer too. Oh, but is that man. still going on in the background? 
Definitely. It's harder to practice drums. Yeah. <laughs> you're all, someone's always angry when you're practicing drums. You know, bass is so great because it's so quiet when it's when you're not plugged in. You can play yeah. all night long and no one's going to no one's going to say <laughs> anything. But I still I drum when I can. Yeah. Um, so when did you decide that you wanted to start putting like your music content on Instagram? Yeah, that was probably yeah mid high school again. I think that was that moment where I was discovering like, wow, bass, this is it, you know. And I always stayed off Instagram and, and Facebook. I never had any of that uh, until I was like, okay, well, maybe if I did it for music, it would be fine. And I'm not an Instagram, dude. <laughs> I do not spend a lot of time on Instagram. I just, I don't know. It, the whole thing is like, not, it's just not for me, social media. But it is such a great platform to just get your stuff out there. It's so, you know, so I remember putting together, you know, a song in my room, just a little E minor funk jam. And, and it took off and like, you know, a hundred people were commenting. All my friends were like, dude, this is awesome. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know? And then I found these other Instagram based covers and I was like, okay, this is a thing. Yeah. You know? So I, so I, I joined the movement. Do you, uh, when you're going to put something up on Instagram, are you like planning what you're going to do? Or is it kind of just spontaneous? Some days it's it's totally spontaneous and it's just like I I have the song stuck in my head and I have a baseline for it. Uh, but some like I have videos that I recorded a year ago and I just haven't put them out yet. You know, I probably have 15 videos that are just sitting there waiting for me to be like, oh, OK, well, you know, I guess now's the time. I'm not great about consistency, <laughs> which is the key to Instagram is just, you know, pounding out the videos. But, uh, yeah, you know, I got some work to do on that in that department um so like some of the covers that you're doing are are pretty technical or like real advanced i guess um we could say is like when you're gonna put that out are you spending time learning like the baseline note for note like what's your approach to learning a new song that maybe you haven't played before uh i always just go straight up you know i listen to the song a bunch of times before i try to play it you know i feel I feel like that's the way to go is you have to know what to hear before you can, you know, just jump on something. So I'll listen to the song 10 times and then have an idea. Okay. You know, maybe if I do something, then I'll grab a bass and listen to it 10 more times and come up with, you know, ideas and just, and keep going. And then eventually I'll come up with something and, uh, and I'll hit record. And usually I do, you know, three or four takes and then I get tired <laughs> yeah, because at this point I've listened to the song 25 times. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. So that's why uh, some of them are really short now. You know, I'll just do like 20 second thing where I'm just blazing as fast as I can. And then it's like, all right, you know, a couple <laughs> takes of that and you're done for the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, like, dude, this, they're so good. The quality is good too. Um, what was your idea with the Earth, Wind, and Fire at 125%? Like, like what how'd you come up with that uh yeah i so i watch i'm a huge earth wind and fire fan man that's like you know that was one of the bands growing up that was like you know virgin white the dude would levitate on stage (laughs) i mean like the lights would go out and come back on and he would be flipped (laughs) and playing and it was like that stuff you know especially to a kid is like this man is magical (laughs) uh and so that hit me early on and uh 
yeah i so live the live version of getaway is really fast they do it at that <laughs> tempo but then you know the recorded version is a lot slower uh which is cool but i couldn't find a live version that was good enough to you know like all the quality was bad and that's the stuff with uh with this youtube concerts is the quality is so low that you can't you know you can't rip them for videos uh so i just was like all right I'll, you know very speed and logic i'll just bump it up and uh and see if it works and it was great you know it was that was a fun video for me because that was the first time that uh you know like the artist really like reached out that was yeah. awesome yeah i saw that comment and i was like dude this is so crazy like that that's so badass that he just like watched it and i was like yeah dude you're you're sick <laughs> yeah, that was so, it was <laughs> such a moment for me i mean i remember just like freaking out when i saw that because you know it's like my childhood hero that's just like the man and he followed me after that and his wife followed me and uh his granddaughter who, who he's been working with followed me and uh and then we dm'd a little bit and you know just i was like man you're, you're the greatest thank you and uh it was great uh it's one of those you know crazy moments that can only come from social media yeah and it's so wild um and i'm, I'm so glad i'm talking to you he's like who does like puts their own stuff together and on social media. So you mentioned like bad quality, like ripping from YouTube. Is that kind of your, your process when you're putting up a, a cover? Yeah. I'm always trying to, I always want it to be crisp. I think, you know, I remember, I don't remember when I, when I heard this or where, but you know, someone was saying if, if your video is bad quality, people will stick around for a minute. If your audio is bad quality, they will leave immediately. You know, yeah. it's it's one of those things where the ear is just a little bit more sensitive than the eyes. And if if it's not, you know, if it's not great, <laughs> then they're out. So audio quality is important. I always get the, you know, the highest quality. I'll buy the song if that's what it takes, you know, yeah. on on iTunes and just get the get the direct thing. Uh, and I've been lucky because Instagram hasn't been taking down the videos. I know some people really struggle. I don't. Maybe my, I crank my bass so loud that the <laughs> algorithm doesn't recognize the song anymore. But uh, I've been lucky. Yeah. Um, so what's the, like? What's your process when you're just going from nothing to to your Instagram video? Like I, you mentioned Logic. You just record in Logic. Like you just go straight into Logic. I go. Uh, so I have a Scarlet, uh, a USB, like a two i two or something, mm. uh, and I'll go. Uh, one direct and then I mic with this or usually I'll use a, a 57 uh, on my Mark Bass amp uh, and then I'll, I'll match the two. Tone is a mm -hmm. is a critical thing and it's funny I, I go back on some of my first videos and, and cringe <laughs> like oh man I was like what was I thinking how did I not do that twice <laughs> you know but uh, it's cool uh, I remember uh, I was in a seminar with Victor Wooten because I used to be embarrassed of all my old videos on, on YouTube and stuff. And I would wipe them. And he said, no, keep those up. You know, he was like, keep those videos so that when people dig and they go back, they can see, you know, your progression. And I was like, that is cool. You know, I like going back on people's stuff and seeing, you know, all right, this is how they were as a pillar. They were five years ago versus them today. And it's like, it's crazy how much people can change yeah for sure um so what kind of gear are you using right now right now i'm a huge mark bass fan i just think those those amps are just they have i don't know what tone <laughs> it is but it i like to call it marbled 
I don't know what that means. I've never heard anyone else use that. And everyone always looks at me funny when I say Mark, Mark Bass has the marble tone. But that's all I can think. It's just that kind of like, you know, that Richard Bona kind of beautiful, you know, back pickup thing. It's not as like sharp as Jocko. It's not as high end, but, you know, you get that kind of roll on the high end. Uh, it's man, there's no other amp that I've ever played that sounds like it. So yeah. a huge Mark Bass uh, fan. And then Fender Jazz has, has never failed me. I look at the nice, you know, the Foderas or something. And I'm like, you know, maybe maybe someday, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, right now, hey, I, I'm fine with a, a Sire and a, and a Fender. I'm good. Yeah, man, I have a, a sad Mark Bass story. I had a little Mark III. Yeah. And um, I was playing, like, metal music at the time. And just one of my buddies was like, one was asking to trade like his portaflex he had like a portaflex sure. and i was like yeah sure i'll take like an ampeg head and we'll trade and it was like not now looking back it was the worst thing i could have ever done like i just <laughs> gave away like this badass little mark three for like a little portaflex and it was not even like the you know it's not like an svt or any sort of yeah. crazy head but yeah the i had marks are cool though it, it worked. I, I made it work. Um, but, you know, like at, at that time, I wasn't I don't know if it's even savvy. I just I was just playing metal. I was just playing like in drop yeah. B and I was like, oh, man, you yeah. know, or A and it's just like I, I could get through with this. But yeah, man, that's yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, Fender. I'm rocking my little Fender shirt today, oh, too. Right yeah. Right um, have you played like any of the the new like fender bases are coming out with uh i i usually go to nam every year i've gone for the last few years and so i always make a stop at fender and see what they're doing it's amazing you know it's all good stuff uh the quality coming out i mean i i've been looking at squires recently too because uh, my first base was a squire and mm -hmm. it was amazing i ripped i have it right here i <laughs> i ripped it apart and uh and took the frets off because I, I couldn't afford a fretless <laughs> and so i just ripped the frets off and then later i found out that jocko did that and everyone's like yeah You're copying jocko i was like i didn't know <laughs> you know but i sanded the back and made it look all all crazy hell yeah that uh, looks so awesome <laughs> it's a fun one uh you know and it's got that that great that great fretless thing i'm not a very good fretless player but uh <laughs> But yeah, I now that I've kind of butchered it and turned it into this, you know, <laughs> kind of weird fretless, I was like, man, I wish I had the original. <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I might have to grab another Squire because the quality, even for Squires, is it's it's amazing. Yeah, man. Um, I was actually talking to uh, to my friend Dylan, and he just bought a Squire too, and like, you know, you don't have to have like the Fender to have like a good sound. You can have a Squire. I mean, you can have whatever you want. Like you, you can really just make the tone yourself. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what have you been doing like during uh, this quarantine time? Uh, I, I've done a lot of covers, you know, I've done, I've been busting out the videos a lot and I think I have maybe, you know, 20 or something that I've just done over quarantine, a lot of which have not been uh, released yet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, quarantine is, you know, it has its downs, but uh, I, I found that it, it was such a great time for me to, to, 
reflect and be like, okay, this is who I want to be as a player. This is what I need to practice. This is, you know, it, it gave me so much time to just focus on me and be like, okay, you know, I, wow, I, I really don't know how to move around the neck very well. You know, when I'm soloing over changes, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm just, I can't solo over changes for anything. So, you know, practicing that and going slow and spending hours a day, you know, I, I didn't even think to do that before quarantine. It wasn't until I had the time that I was like, okay, you know, now, now let's dig in. So it, it's been great for me. Yeah. How um, So how are you learning like those new techniques? It's all, I mean, I, uh, nor, so normally at, I'm at Cal arts, California Institute of the arts, uh, in Los Angeles studying, uh, jazz, which is interesting. Cause I'm not a huge jazz person. <laughs> It's just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of funk for life, but, uh, I'll take jazz. Uh, I like the chick Korea, the Herbie Hancock kind of seventies fusion thing. That's jazz. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a lot of, uh, I normally take lessons with Alfonso Johnson, uh, who was, uh, the bassist before Jocko and weather report. Oh, so I mean, yeah, like, beast, you, know, you get in a lesson with him and you're like, okay, all right. You know? And so that's good, but he's, uh, he's on leave right now. Uh, I think he's getting a master's degree, uh, in music or something. Uh, so he has a, uh, uh, replacement David, uh, David Hughes. And, uh, he is, uh, he's killing, he toured with like Christopher Cross and Chaka Khan. And you know, so he's, uh, he's been laying into me, you know, all the basics and, uh, it's good. He's the coolest dude. So it's, uh, it's been an honor to study with him and uh, it's just so great because after being self-taught for so long, you have all these questions where you're like, how do you do this? You know, how do you learn this? And he, he just had it, you know, he has all the answers. It's finally, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. Um, so what's your, like, do you have a goal uh, for yourself? Like musically um, you're trying to like, have a big band or like tour or just kind of be a solo deal. Yeah. I think for me, the, the solo thing has never, it was never, never a huge goal for me. I love, there's some amazing solo bass guys, you know, who like I can listen to, to Jocko do the solo thing forever. Uh, and Victor too, you know, I mean, the list goes on, but it has never struck me as something that I, I want to do, uh, at least yet. Uh, the thing that really hits for me is like being a sideman, you know, going on tour and just, you know, playing for someone else. Yeah. I think that's so cool <laughs> for some, like, that's my <laughs> dream. It's like, I, Hey, tell me what to play and I'll play it. You know, I think the, the idea of expressing yourself through someone else's music is that's the ultimate form. You don't even need your own music to express yourself. Yeah. You know, like you can just, you can do that with any music. And if you can put that out there, then, you know that's you so it's super cool for sure man um so like that's kind of interesting take i guess like when i grew up i was like oh i want to be i want to have like a band do this like i guess from what i'm getting for you you want to be just like do you want to be like a session bass player or just like a fill-in and be in a bunch of bands or do you want to kind of have be in a band that makes it or like all of the above i guess well, i guess whatever i can take <laughs> yeah uh it's interesting i mean the i was just talking uh with uh 
with uh, my instructor David Hughes about the the session scene in LA because mm -hmm. he he's done quite a few sessions and uh, I I don't know if I can do it. I mean, I can read and I can you know I I can hang a little bit, but the dudes there are can just you know completely sight read the trickiest you know pieces ever in like one take and then leave <laughs> and the pressure is on because the artist is paying for you you know they're paying for you to be there and then you start messing up oh man i cannot handle that kind of pressure yeah. so i uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let let you know i'm gonna wait in line <laughs> i'm gonna let them do their work you know if the opportunity comes maybe but uh yeah it's the uh it's the touring. It's like, I, I just want to be on the road. And if that's with some other band or with my own band, like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. But, uh, at Cal arts, I've had the, uh, the fortune to, uh, to meet a bunch of guys that I like. And, uh, we've been playing, uh, and you know, obviously COVID, you know, kind of, kind of killed that a little bit, but you know, we'll be back and it was fun, you know, being in an, your own band and deciding what you want to play and, you know, having everybody bounce ideas. That's, that's the best. Yeah. What, what's your um, like process when you're jamming or, or writing music? Do you kind of, do you guys just let someone kind of take the lead? Does someone like have a kind of idea set? Do you have anything like that yet? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of covers, you know, we want to do uh we want to be like a wedding band and, and, you know, go play a bunch of gigs and like covers and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have a good friend, Sam Cohen, who is, uh, he is a beast. I mean, he's the definition of beast mode. He, uh, <laughs> he's just like a, a theory genius, but also can just play anything he hears. And he does these amazing reharms, uh, and with a group called pasta Sundays, which I've, I've been lucky enough to play with a few times and uh yeah it's like you check out their stuff and it's like you know they'll do uh ain't no sunshine the bill withers song mm -hmm. but throwing just the craziest chords and just you know blow your mind every second uh and that stuff is, is wild uh that's crazy stuff uh so he takes you know the lead on all the the harmony and all of that you know crazy stuff and uh yeah but it's it's super fun that that's awesome is there anywhere we can listen to uh any like tracks with you playing bass yeah uh there you know on some there's some videos on youtube of uh the pasta sunday stuff and on their instagram uh, pasta sundays and uh yeah on on my instagram usually i'll plug things that i play on and uh i got a thing coming out with uh uh carson elliott the talk box dude uh and another band it's it's gonna be cool so, uh, yeah, I, it's good. COVID has been, it's been cool to work with other people because I've gotten more offers than ever before. <laughs> and I've been recording a ton for people. I'm back up here this week on my break and I got, you know, three different artists that are like, okay, this week. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good. It's fun. And, uh, I like to do it, uh, especially, you know, I, I wish I could be in a studio doing it, but, uh, mm -hmm. even at home, you know, you could you know, take a break if you're, you know, not, not getting it right or whatever, which is, it's definitely nice to, the pressure is not too crazy. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any advice for bass players, like looking to, uh, you know, pick up work? Like, is there anything that you did, um, that got you like these sessions? Yeah. I, Instagram has helped me immensely. 
you know, it's, it's people, people reach out and that is incredible. And I, I don't know how it happens. You know, it's just, <laughs> you upload some videos and, and some of them take off a great, uh, a very helpful, uh, figure for me has been Derek Bennett. Uh, and he does a bunch of Instagram videos and also has his own base Academy. Uh, and he, uh, you know, it's like Scott's bass lessons type of thing, but, uh, he's like a gospel dude and he is just, I, one of the best bass players alive. And, uh, I, I joined his, uh, his Academy and you get to ask him questions and, and, you know, uh, and his whole thing is, you know, like he'll give you help with whatever you need, you know? So if, whether it's Instagram and, and how to boost his, cause he's got like 200 K or something crazy, <laughs> you know, all just natural growth because he's a killer and everybody, you know, everyone wants to hear his playing. So, uh, yeah, I've gotten a lot of help from, from people giving tips and just, you know, it's all about consistency and interacting with people, you know, and I, I just go on the hashtag bass guitar cause you know, not to gain followers because I want to see people, you know, I, I, I love finding people who are just starting, you know, and just seeing like, wow, you know, this person, they would say they've been playing for like two weeks and they (laughs) sound like they've been playing for two years, you know, that stuff is awesome oh yeah um so what are your plans for i guess the remainder of uh the year for 2021 2021 uh i want to uh i want to do more sessions i want to you know play play a ton and and hopefully you know by the end of the year maybe some gigs will, will start coming and uh it's good yeah i at the end of the year i just i'm setting a lot of goals for myself practice wise you know it's all about you know setting these goals of you know go get these arpeggios and you know be able to mix with the modes a lot so i you know i've been doing a lot of uh theory training and theory work through school and yeah it's a it's crazy how helpful that stuff is for me i know some people are just you know it's all the ears and it's all you know they can just play forever and they don't know theory i can't do that you know my my ears are, are they work but uh they're not at the bubby lewis level of just insanity uh so the theory has been immensely helpful and really thinking about everything logically and mathematically which is interesting because i'm terrible at math but you know um do you think that like your schooling has changed the way that you um like play bass like, do you think like, oh, well, because of theory, I should do this? Or are you still kind of just like, you know, I'm just going to kind of do what I want? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I, I definitely approach things differently with, with theory. Because uh, I, I came into school, you know, in the fundamentals class. You know, it was like I did not know anything. Key signatures, what? <laughs> you know, it was like, and you don't have to know that to be an amazing bass player. You know, you really, you really don't. Uh, but for me, it came at just the right time where I was deciding that I, I really wanted to take this seriously. And it seemed like that was, that was the path for me, you know, is, is to kind of figure things out logistically. And, uh, it's been, it's been immensely helpful. Just the idea that the bass is an instrument that can change chords. You know, you can play, you know, a C major and then, you know, play a G in the bass you know, and then you have, you know, a a six, four inversion and it's like, wow, that's cool. You know, you can change the whole piece just by playing what you play. You know, you can literally change what the guitarist or piano player is doing 
with one note, you know, you change the whole sound of the band. Uh, and that idea is like, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. You know, that kind of is like, okay, the bass is, I got to keep it, keep it ready. You know, it's, it's a, a weapon now, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you can really take advantage of it. Uh, and that was never something I experimented with in versions or anything like that. So theory has, has been helpful and, you know, I'm not even at a level where I can, you know, do the crazy stuff. Another <laughs> couple of years, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Dude, um, well, thank you so much for talking to me, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm stoked to hear what you're going to come out with. Definitely going to listen to uh, some Pasta Sundays. Look look for you. Um, but yeah, just again, thank you for your time. And I hope we can chat again in the future. And uh, I'm stoked to see what you're going to put out, man. Right on, man. Jacob, I appreciate it. Uh, I pre I'm a fan of the show. I, I've been listening, man. It's it's good stuff. I look forward to future episodes. Thank you so much, man. You have a great night. You too, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Later. Later.